Today's episode of Off The Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you by our great sponsors, DMC Fins. DMC Fins are the best training fins in the business. Just have a look around in everybody's kit bag on pool deck and there's a pair of DMC Fins in there. Swimmers, surfers, they're all using DMC Fins as their choice of aquatic propulsion. Even superstar Cody Simpson is using DMC Fins to help with his training towards Paris 2024. Head over to dmcfins.com.au right now for all the latest deals and discounts on fins as well as hand paddles and other training aids and use the promotion code off the blocks for a 10% discount at checkout. Away they go. No problems with the start. There is two one-hundreds in the second in it. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and Ian Thorpe battling it out down the pool. Thorpe is starting to go away from him. Today on the podcast is a man whose voice you'll recognise from his excellent work with the Channel 9 commentary team and in, uh, for the NRL, sorry, as well. And in recent times, his work commentating the Swimming World Championships alongside Ian Thorpe and Gian Rooney, where I thought he brought excitement, energy and a massive amount of respect to our great sport of swimming through our screens and into our lounge rooms. It's a massive welcome to Off The Block Swimming Podcast, Mr. Matthew Thompson. Matt, how are you, mate? Yeah, no, I'm well. Thanks, thanks for those kind words. I, I'm I'm happy to be chatting with you. Um, I'll say though, I've got a, a serious case of imposter syndrome <laughs> because I noticed I noticed you spoke with Ariane, mm. and I know a couple of weeks ago you spoke with Kaylee, and now you're stuck with me. So yeah. uh, you can choose the <laughs> odd one out. Yeah, I, I get very lucky. I must admit, and I even you know you say imposter syndrome. That's pretty much me when I'm sitting talking to these superstars. That was my third time talking to Arnie, and, and she's always happy to um, jump on, which I think um, lends itself to sort of how great our swimmers are at the moment in terms, mm. you know, off the blocks. I mean, what are we? I'm not. I don't give them money to come on here. I don't get money to do this, um, but they're happy to you know be on Channel Nine and do the Today Show and this stuff and then happy to do off the block. So, yeah, I get very yeah. fortunate as well, um, I must admit. But, no, mate, I, I mean, the the kudos and the flowers, I like to listen to Kevin Hart and he's always giving people flowers on his podcast. Um, the flowers that in terms of what I'm, you know, when I say that you're doing a great job and uh, I think very warranted and, and I'm interested and that's why I wanted to get you on as well because I feel like you you definitely became a big fan of the sport over the, the two times that you've started commentating it. But... But before we get to that, mate, um, you're working with the Channel 9 commentary, obviously, and you've been doing that for a long time. Um, interesting, though, how you got into commentating. We know um, I'm a big fan of Rabs and I've read his book and, you know, watching him um, when he commentated marbles going down the hallway for yourself. What, what, was, what was the journey into commentary? Mm. Well, that's uh, inevitably a first question when I do things like these. And uh, <laughs> I suppose the... The answer I give is just opportunity, really. I, I I was fortunate that from a really young age, I, I reckon year eight, I sort of knew that I wanted to pursue a career in sports media and really my my aim was probably to work in radio first and foremost. I did 
work experience as a young kid in radio um, and sort of grew up listening to the footy on radio, which was very different to, to how it is now. Um, but that sort of lit a fire under me and um, from there just taking opportunities, really. I just wanted, I had a long, long career as a sports journalist and uh, the organisations I worked for had rugby league rights, a radio station in Sydney called 2GB, um, mm. which, which is the... Um, commercial broadcaster, AM commercial broadcaster, although we're in digital radio now, so AM, FM doesn't really exist. But um, so opportunities came up through there to, to call a bit and then I moved into television and um, it's all sort of unfolded from there. So really, whenever I've had a chance to to call, I've I've tried to take it and do the best I can. My friends all tell me that, and I don't remember this, but um, <laughs> friends tell me that if we were having games of tennis or whatever that I've Apparently, I used to play and call them at the same time. So I, I, don't, I don't. No wonder they beat me. Um, but I, I have, I have very little recollection of that. But um, yeah. anyway, yeah, it's it's a it's a, a wonderful position to be in. And for me, I I love my job. But I think the thing I love about my job the most is working with the the extraordinarily talented people that I do. Um, you know, heroes of of their specific sports. Um, but the knowledge they bring and the way they can articulate it, which is is what I think makes makes our coverage second to none. It's not my job to to ram opinion. My job is to describe what's going on and try and clear the way for for our experts in whatever sport I'm calling to to um, to, to bring their insight and their unique knowledge to the broadcast. And um, you know, I work with the best of the best in whatever sport we do at nine. So I'm very fortunate. Yeah, you you definitely are. As it's, you know, it doesn't matter if you're doing your podcast with Gus, and I know you, you love that. And then you, as you said, you commentating on Channel Nine. You got Freddie, you got the eighth next to you. You've got whoever around you, and then there you are in the swimming, and and you've got Gian and Thorpey. So you're definitely yeah. uh, in a steam company, that's for sure. I'm interested with. Um, you know, wanting to get into radio and stuff like that, but so much these days, and I have trouble with this, which is why I'm asking you. When when now that you're on camera as well, everything's videoed. Did, did that take a while to get used to, or were you quite happy to get in front of the camera right. as well? Oh well, look, I I don't particularly like doing stuff on camera. I mean, mm. I I I I work. I had a long stint at Fox Sports in my early days where I was on camera all the time, so it's not unfamiliar. But um, yeah, 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 it's not. Um, it's not real. I mean, yeah, it's, it's I work in TV, so it's yeah. something you have to do. But it's not really, you know. I'm I'm happy. I'm happy being the the guy that calls the games, and mm-hmm. and that's sort of that's sort of something I love doing. And um, you know, if I need to stick my head on camera, there's a problem. So <laughs> I'll leave I'll leave it to the good looking people. <laughs> Well, that's why, like, when I started the podcast, I thought it was just a podcast, right? So I thought I've got a head, you know, for radio, a head like a beaten favourite, as they say. So I don't really want to put my head on screen. I don't think that's bringing the ratings. So, and then everyone just kept saying, "Oh, is this going to be on YouTube? Is it? Can we can we watch this?" And oh, I don't, <laughs> I don't want it. I just don't want people to see me. So, um, well, we're on YouTube. Gus and I are on YouTube every week. We get fifty thousand people watch. I don't know what they're doing with their lives. <laughs> I mean, they can they can lift it in the car. I don't know why you tune in look at us talk. But anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe it's just to see his reactions because some of those questions when he's in moods and you're sort of poking him, and I think maybe from behind <laughs> the scenes, I know I'm giggling, thinking, I wonder what is. Maybe that's why they just tune in just to see what is the facial expressions he's giving you. Like, why do you want to ask me that question today? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of. I listen to that every week. Um, but oh, yes, sure. to your point, I, I listen. Um, when you you know, we're coming through in terms of um, journalism and looking at 
commentary and I, you know, I'm always um, interested in who inspires people. Who were some of your sort of go-to commentators that you learnt from, learnt off, uh, emulated for a little bit probably in your own way until you found your sort of groove? Mm. Oh, Rabs, obviously, you know. Um, you know, he's the best best we've had. So, um, And I've been fortunate to succeed him, which is a bit of a spin-out really when you think back to those younger days. But, um, yeah, absolutely, like his, his personality, his knowledge um, and the way that he – the way, like I've mentioned there, to, to try to to try to intertwine your commentary with your experts, he's absolutely brilliant at that. I mean, in the, I mentioned radio. Ray Hadley redefined that um, in the, the, the years when I was growing up, and and David Morrow, who is a dear friend and colleague of mine now. I mean, they're they're, they're guys who um, you know really dug the well, if you will, for for people like me coming through. Um, but, you know, it, it's more than – I mean, I'm, I'm a cricket strategic. I grew up playing the game and, like, cricket commentary. I've, I've been fortunate to do a bit of that. I'd love to do more. Um, it's very different to, to footy and swimming, but it's a challenge in that, you know, you've got five days to cover and you can't call it like a footy game. So, no. you know, the Richie Venos and the Ian Chappells of the world and, I mean, Mark Taylor, I get to work with him at night as well and, and Chappelle, and I just, just adore them. Um but Richie, he was, you know, he's. I, I wish more people um, in commentary would would take Richie's advice to that less is more. And I, even though we're, we're calling footing, it's kind of up tempo. I, yeah. I always remember that because you've got to try and give it a little bit of space and and let the natural sound of the game come through. Um, probably not so much in swimming. Yeah, yeah I was going to say over a fifty mm, or a hundred, it might be hard yeah, to well, read, read really, out yeah, a bit. That's right. <laughs> Um, but look, you know, there's different styles all over the world, and um, yeah, I mean, when you when you want to come when you're coming through and you want to pursue a career, you're silly not to not to try and grab what you like out of out of the, the leaders in their particular industries. It doesn't matter what industry you're in, and probably they're, yeah. they're the ones that I that I could think of off, off the top of my head. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Richie. There's heaps of stories, isn't there, with some of those younger, like Mark Taylors and stuff, when they first came in, of him, like in an ad break, sort of halt, pushing them, putting them aside, and turn them off, and going, "Listen, if you've not got anything, sort of, yeah. to add to it, don't don't say anything at all." Where they thought 100%. they were doing a good job, they were like, "Oh, how good's this guy, Richie?" Hey, just no, don't, that's right. Don't add yeah. anything at all. Um, no, I think Mark Taylors. Um, yeah, I mean, I. Adored him as a captain. I think he's Australia's best ever captain. He's a wonderful, wonderful bloke, but just an outstanding commentator. And not, you know, just easy. I mean, again, you're talking about insight and the best of the best. There's none better than him. So, um, yeah, Richie taught him well. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, with swimming, obviously, we're going we're gonna to get to that and transition into that in a minute. I just wanted to give people a bit of a, a feat, you know, history on on where you're coming from, especially for the swimming fans. Anyone who, mm. who watches and listens to NRL immediately knows who I'm talking to right now, but inevitably there's going to be a fair few who are like, Matthew Thompson, Matthew Thompson. So I saw a clip, actually. <laughs> a mate of mine sent me a clip from the family guy the other day. Um <laughs> And uh, there was something like, "Are oh, we crossing out of the Olympics for the um, for the footy commentator who we've thrown into the swimming pool because we've got no one else to call it?" <laughs> that's, I, I, hope, I hope that's not what people think of me. I mean, I, I, I do love swimming and always have, but it's a bit. I think that's what people instantly think. You just grab, you grab your footy commentator and throw him on the swim. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, no, no, no. You definitely didn't come. There, there have been many times in my experience of listening to um swimming being commentated where i felt that way 
But much the, the reason why I reached out to you and told you I thought you did a good job was because I, I don't think it came across that way in your uh, in your well, uh, position, mate. No, no, you did a good job. Um, yeah, with the swimming, and, and we, we spoke about it, and for me, I guess, uh, my fandom came around, you know, between 1998 and in uh, over in Perth with the world champs and then through the 2000s with Thorpe and Hackett and, as you said, with Rabs. I mean, that's why if anyone listens to my opener, um, his his um, voice is all over that in terms of his commentary and little grabs so we can't get in trouble. I don't go too far with it, but enough to, to give people that feeling of being back in that time because to me that that was swimming at its peak. Mm. It was prime time. Um, the stands were packed. For you um, in your swimming fandom, what, what sort of reminds you of, you know, what, what brought you um, the love of the sport mm. from a fan? Oh. Yeah, look, that, that's that, that, that's the golden era. And I, I, I like to think, I hope, that with Nines Association with swimming and Olympics that we're, we're going to try to bring that back. And I, I you know, the, the, the affinity the Australian sporting public has with swimming is, is very special. Um, and world championships and Olympics in particular, they belong on, on mainstream commercial television in prime time because it just, it just lends itself to... To excitement and it's a very different environment to footy in that it's you know it's an all it's a family sort of environment isn't it um yeah and and even the swimmers themselves i mean i just admire what they do um the way that the whole family has to buy in to get them to training and i just think they're the most extraordinary athletes so um with all that and the backstories of the swimmers and and the nature of the sport it belongs belongs in tv so that that was that was an era that that really excited the Australian public about the sport, um, but also you know there was a rare a rare catalogue of talent that was representing Australia back then. You mentioned you know Thorpe and Hackett, and I mean Susie O'Neill and Fred Thomas, and then you go back to Hayley Lewis and Sam Riley, and um, she's still killing it, so, Susie O'Neill. Did you see she was I know. the World Masters? I know, I know. World. Well, actually, she, yeah, look, she. She's become friends with my wife. They met at her birthday party earlier in the year and they've been Bethany ever since. I love her. I, yeah. she, she's just absolutely magnificent. Um, so that was the era. And um, and from there, um, yeah, I mean, like, like, great admiration for what what all of our swimmers have done. And it, it helps, of course, that we're a dominant force in the sport when it comes to Olympic time. So the whole nation's engaged in the sport every four years. But, yeah, I mean, look, that, that was... That was compulsory viewing back then when Rabs and Duncan Armstrong were doing it and then Gian joined the team and it's great to have Thorpey uh, part of our setup now. You know, I, I, I think back to, I mean, Kieran Perkins was my original um, yep. favourite and I I don't think I've seen anything quite like what he did in Atlanta in 96. I still, I still, I still think it's probably the greatest, the gutsiest performance I've seen from an Australian Olympian, you know, not just swimming, probably anything for him just to scrape into the final and then take it out and swim the way he did in that 1500. I thought that was just mind boggling. Um, still is. So yeah, from that, from that, from then on, you know, it's been, I've loved it. And yeah. um, to be calling it now, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. Well, as I said to you, um, you can definitely sort of feel it coming through with your commentary that it's not just you doing a job, you're enjoying what you're seeing. Um, and and I, I'm interested in terms of the transition from um, NRL to swimming. And, I mean, you're a professional, you've been doing this for years, so inevitably there's going to be parts of your experience and learning that come through. But I can't imagine 
it's like for like. So there was definitely going to be uh, moments in terms of your, um, you know, when you were starting it, whether you sat, I'm pretty sure you sat with David Clark for a little bit too at the very beginning of it in a booth mm. and, and just sort of, you know, <laughs> just uh, picking it up a little bit. Um, what was that transition like? Did it take you a while to kind of feel like you were, you were on and you had your groove or mm. were there little times where you're like, Oh no, I just don't feel like I'm, I'm quite getting it yet. Um, yeah, look, I, I uh, the, the, the major difference is the research, um, yeah. with, and I, I like to prepare well for anything that I do. Um, even, I mean, where, when I'm talking to you, it's around 26 in the NRL and I'll still sit down and I called Penrith and Parramatta last night and I've seen both of those teams a stack of times this year, but you still got to, Still going to do your work. So um, when you come into something like that is a world event featuring athletes you haven't seen from far-flung places in the world, it takes a long time. But uh, I, I've always been a believer that if you do that work, it makes it a lot easier when when showtime comes. Um, so um, that's my first the first thing I'd say that was a major difference. Um, but I sort of I can sort of work out in my head how I want to do something. And how I want it to sound, and um, while you mightn't, I mightn't do many dry runs. I can sort of, I sort of think about it in my head about how I might do this, how I might, you know, what I might say at the start, how I might want it to sound. And uh, look, at the first, it's interesting. I mean, David, David even agreed that the most recent one, that the first day is just an absolute. It's a cluster. Um, yeah, we've got you've got a million heats in the morning, goes for three and a half hours, and you're into the finals at night, and you've got all these notes. And David does honestly. I'd, I'd hate I'd hate to be a, a paper forest. Um, <laughs> he he just he gives you so much information, so you're trying to get your head around all of that, and then you've got you know trying to work out who's swimming what. So look, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a blur the first day, but you generally get your mojo. And I think Gian and Thorpe probably would say the same thing. Uh, but it's like it's like anything. You know, I suppose it's probably the same with the Olympics and, and whatever. But um, once you get into your groove, it sort of seems to chug along pretty well. He's very thorough, David. Uh, if we're doing a podcast together on the, the history of world swimming or we, we do a few different sort of histories on, um, yeah. I get at least four or five pages of notes and then we have a chat about it and say, so what do you <laughs> think? How was this? Did it look good? And I think, David, mate, whatever you sent me is brilliant. Let's just yeah, let's a rock and roll with it. I could not add anything more to, to what you just sent. Um, he he <laughs> is fantastic. Um, in terms of the calling of it, because as you said, it's different, you know, cricket, you, you know, there's moments of, I guess, quiet spots and with swimming, it can be so frantic at fast pace. And then again, you can have a 1500, although um, certainly in the men's um, 15 and 800, it was quite a, a race the whole way through, which for mm. you, I guess, kept you on your toes quite often. 1500s, the, the event where usually Hackett used to take off or someone used to take off and you'd throw to a commercial break and you'd make a few jokes on the way through as, as you'd still go, and Hackett's still out in front and pulling away. Um, the boys made it much more of a race this time, which was good. Mm. But, um, yeah, just from, I guess, the screen and what you're seeing, is is that always easier to see in terms of with NRL, you get to see the whole field so you can sort of see things, or if you're at the, the game as well, you get to sort of see what's unfolding, whereas swimming sometimes they're only going to give you the shot of the two people in the middle and you might not mm. see the others who are coming from the side a little bit. Was that a bit of an adjustment for you as well? Uh, look, not really. Um, it's... I mean, probably not giving away any secrets here. We didn't call the World Champs for Fukuoka. We're in the studio, but really yeah. different in Paris. But um, 
Yeah, that's why I more think yeah. you only had that camera shot, right? That's why, yeah. Oh, we've got a number of different shots, but look, yeah. not 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 really. I mean, in the end, you you brought the, the picture you're seeing is what people are seeing at home, so you, you've got to talk to that, yeah. uh, and that's where I, that's where I talk about. It's really important to to do your research and be thorough, and particularly with respect. I mean, I love the fifteen hundred. In fact, I some people dread calling it. I I, I it's a great challenge, and I I love I love watching it, and I particularly love calling it, and yeah. that. I'm sure we'll talk about favourite races of the champs like that. Yeah. That that's probably that that's right up there for me. I mean, that, that's 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 the closest 1500 meters ever. Like, and that was just that was a staggering race. Closer I mean, than for, the 50 meters in the end. Yeah, the finish yeah. was and, closer than the winner and and who I came know. second in the 50. So it was a privilege to watch it. Like, but then two two brilliant athletes. I mean, Hafnawi from Tunisia. I mean, he, he's still only, what, is he 22? I mean, he, he could he could win it again in Paris. Um, you know, do the 8 and 1500 at the World Champs. He's in good shape. And Sam Short's won so well uh, to get bronze. So I love that. Um, and like I mentioned with Kieran Perkins, and look, Australia's been so brilliant in men's 1500-metre swimming. Like, I, I think that's sort of the event I'd like to think most Australians love watching it. So to call that was a great, great privilege. And it's a challenge. And... You know, I suppose anyone in their professional career, you should you should enjoy your challenges and yeah. you should you should take them on. And and yeah, I, I really love it. You like calling the final? What do you like? Did you like calling all the heats of the fifteen hundred? Well, they're they're a bit more. They're more challenging. <laughs> yeah. um, I've always but, admired know, commentators commentating the heats at an Olympics or a World Champs of a because. As we know, like, yes, the Sam Shorts and that, they're firing and even in a heat swim, you, you, they're still, you know, a little bit. But God and God bless everyone that gets in and has a crack, right? You know. It's 100%. Good it's, not, it's a world sport. It's yeah, not. But this isn't, this isn't club footy. Like some this of is, those heat ones can mm, be quite, you know. They can. And, you know, we've sort of worked out a little little formula for it to give it due respect, but you've got to, you've got to have – you got to have your notes and talk around the event, and then there might be an Australian that's won three gold medals in this event over the years, and you can go through that. And then there might be, you know, someone from a nation that has provided a great champion, or you know, so you've got to be awake to that sort of stuff. Yeah, just so rather than calling it stroke for stroke, um, so that's another another art to the game, I suppose. But when you've got Thorpe and Jian, they kind of make it easy. You can throw it over them; they can talk for five minutes if you need to. So it's yeah. um, you know, it's just all about how to use them and. And sort of try to try to master your own way of doing it together as a as a team. Um, that was going to be my next question, I guess. Working with Jan and and Thorpe and Ellie Cole wasn't so much in the commentary at the beginning; she was uh, in mm. the studio as well. But um, you know, how how did you go working with those guys? You'd worked with them, I think, a little bit before at Short Course World. Yeah, Champions we did well Short Course for the first time, and like they're just awesome. And we um, get on famously, and um, you know they. I mean, thought Gian's the ultimate pro. I mean, she's been a television host to me doing this for yeah. years and years, so that's no surprise. I thought I have to say, of all sports commentators I've worked with, I don't think anyone understands the intricacies of a sport like Thorpe does swimming. He's the things he can see under, like the underwater stuff and angles of hands and. Um, that's that's my alarm to remind me to talk to you. Um, <laughs> um, you know, hand angles and, um, you know, kicks. And I just, for someone who loves the sport but isn't isn't trained on the technicalities of it, I just think the bloke's an absolute genius. And I, 
I think as we sort of got more comfortable throughout the World Champs, I think that that really came to the fore. Like for me, that was a highlight of our coverage, just his technical understanding of the sport. So um, it's I mean the blokes the blokes a national treasure. It's it's great to work with him. Gian's a star, and Ellie was brilliant. So yeah. she's got a real pizzazz, and she's a natural. So I think we've got a nice little team together. Yeah, absolutely, and yeah, the the whole commentary team I thought came across that week really, really well, and as I said, led by sort of your excitement of it, and then yes, you said Jan, you know, adding her professionalism, and she's been around in in as you said with with Rabs back in the day as well when she started, and she's been commentating for a long time, and I can just see Thorpe, you know how on um, the NRL um, you guys have got like the big um, screen where. Um, Joey, you know, makes a circle and draws a line, and yep. I can see Thorpey doing something like that for the for the Olympics with a bit of you know yeah, underwater and a, the hand path. And that's a very good idea. Right, right. I'll pass down. that on. Yeah, right. That yeah. take take it. I don't mind. Um, <laughs> I mentioned Rabs. Did he give you any tips in terms of um, commentating for swimming? He for me, he he is the ultimate swimming commentator. He he made what was already an exciting race sound even better because he was, you know, I could just imagine him being on his feet and, you know, go Susie and Madam Butterfly. And in the end, I think sometimes he forgot he was commentating. He was just so excited to be, you know, in and around the race. Did he give you any tips? No, not really. I, I saw him actually um, the week leading into that in the office. He's sort of been doing voiceovers and bits and pieces and it's always so great to see him. Like he's been, he's been awesome to me. But if I wanted to ask him something, I could. Um, but he'd never go out of his way to impose himself. Um, we sort of, we talked, we actually talked a little bit about Fukuoka 2001, where he, he was over there. Um, yeah. And that was, that was, of course, the second time Australia defeated the US on a medal tally and the first time since the 56 Olympics. And then the other um, couple of weeks back was the third time. And mm. it's happened three times, twice in Fukuoka. So he was there calling it in the flesh. And obviously the network called it again in 2003. So there's a bit of synergy there. But no, we just sort of... In the flesh, all right. Wasn't yeah. that the one where he suited up for chat for the footy show? Oh, did he? Didn't he? Yeah, he, he, got a, he got a race suit on. I remember him putting a race suit uh, on and jumped Was in that the in Japan? Oh, I, can't, I can't remember exactly where it was. But I remember him getting in the race suit and away he went. Mm. <laughs> yes, I think I do. I think I do. Uh, I think I do remember that. Uh, no, but no, no specific advice, but look, you know, he's always there if we need him. He's still part of the team, and he was always around. So it's great to see. Great to see Rabs. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I I also liked, um, and you'll appreciate this, that the bunker transition from NRL over to swimming as well. Um, now you're, you're not going to have too much technical knowledge of the, the swimming bunker, but did that amuse oh, you that all of a sudden oh, there's a there's a bunker in the in the oh, pool as funny. well? It was so funny. <laughs> all I could think of was Gus watching it at home, going, "Are you serious?" But the swimming bunker is a bit different. Like the, the NRL bunkers cost about thirty million bucks to set up, and there's a thousand screens and fifty people who work in there. And the swimming bunker's got about three monitors on a couple of plastic tables, which I thought was was hilarious. But they still managed to do the job. They still they struck a few out. They struck Kaylee out. Yes. Yeah. It was that. It was unfortunate. I think what was worse was that um, the next day, and for whatever reason, apparently the camera angle wasn't available to them at the time. But somehow, someone got a camera angle from above. Um, of, of mm. the American girl, and she was yeah. way more. Smith. Yeah, she was way more over on her side than Kaylee, and 
Mm. Um, Rowan was on the podcast last week as well, and he spoke about running down to them and showing the photo, and they were kind of like, ah, there's not much we can do at this stage. But Yeah. Yeah, the swimming bunker, um, I'm not for it. I say blow it up. I don't say go harder. I don't say get better. I say get rid of it because it's just going to slow. You know what it's like soon. It'll have uh, a race under review brought to you by KFC. It's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. I don't want to see it. It's just going to slow the well, swimming down. Yeah. Look, there's a train of thought about that. I mean, look, the reality is, and it's the same with rugby league, it's the same with any sport. I mean, yeah. technology is ever-present in society and sport's not immune from it. So yeah. we're going to have to put up with it. They're not going to commercialise the swimming bunker at an Olympics or a world champs, though. So we'll have to just uh, have to put up with it, unfortunately. Yeah, well, because the thing is, I've got myself on a tangent here, but people make mistakes, right? So anyone who's controlling the the bunker isn't controlled by a computer on its own. It's somebody watching and controlling it. So as we saw with Kaylee, someone's going to miss it inevitably anyway. So I don't know. I just think it slows it all down. Um, Well, it does. Yeah, yeah, just drags it out. Um, And sometimes swimming can be hard enough to, you know, when you're out there all day, or you're sitting mm. around for a long period of time. It's not as sometimes as fast paced as, you know, mm. NRL from the time you start half time, there's your break, but you're back on where swimming is fast paced for a moment, then a break fast paced for a moment. Then anyway, I don't want to get on yeah. the tangents. Well, I'll... mate, I mean, the, 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 the rugby league bunker takes its time. Don't worry about that. <laughs> like we have, we have enough interruptions uh, in, in bad games. So yeah. yeah, look, it's a frustration, but um, maybe you can streamline the process to a degree, but the reality is technology is here and it's going nowhere. Yeah, well, it's coming It's coming uh, even more to Australia next time. I know talking to Rowan, he's mentioned that, you know, when we do it here and it's going to be better and more stringent. So it's it's definitely, right. as you said, I, there's no use whinging about it. It's going to happen. Um, no one's mm. going to be listening off the blocks and say they shouldn't do it. But just, mm. just remember I said, waste of time, blow it up. Um, Non-Aussie racing at the world champs who was your favorite mm. non-aussie to watch at the world champs uh race or athlete well i'll go both oh well i've mentioned the 15 i mean that that, that was one march on i mean i i i mean i think i i i think that's the most amazing thing i've seen from a non-australian perspective in my very limited experience calling swimming that i mean that we thought that world record was in jeopardy but to blow it out of the, the water like that was just amazing and what what and look i've got to say uh, he's a he's he's french but one of the things i'm looking forward to most in paris is the reception he gets from from a french crowd i mean he, yeah. he could just be the absolute star of the show so that that was that was exceptional i mean he did did the double obviously but to break phelps's last world record was incredible and the other one was skin from from China, I mean, he's a beast in the breaststroke. I mean, to uh, it, I mean that uh, amazing that we no one's done the treble in their particular stroke ever at a world champs. It was done twice. Kaylee did it for Australia, and he did it for China in the breaststroke. And he is just wow. I mean, he blew them away. So they were uh, they were off the top of my head. And what's fascinating actually about that is that there's no Americans in there. And um, look, they're. they're they're too good. Oh, some of Macintosh as well. But they're, yeah, you know, they're too good a swimming nation to not bounce back in Paris. But you look, you know, and we don't know what's going to happen with COVID dressel yet. But you'd have to say, at the moment, the Aussies might have the wood on the US. 
which is not something you often you often see. It's happened no. rarely in history. Yeah, well, and but you do you do sometimes, Matt, see uh, in a world champs leading up to an Olympics, America not quite be at their their mm. very best. Um, not that I mean they still top the medal count, and so depending on how you want to look at that, obviously, because Australia topped the gold medal count. Yeah, it's um, about the gold, mate. It's all about yeah, exactly. for the There's Laurie Lawrence here. We didn't come for the silver. We came for the gold. <laughs> exactly. Well, did that cause controversy all of a sudden? Because it was the NBC, wasn't it, the coverage? They had they'd started it, and then as soon as America weren't yeah. at the top, they flipped it to make sure they got back to the top <laughs> again. Um but yeah, no, I, I I would be wary of them for sure, just because I I know what a phenomenal force they are. And well, who's to come back? Dress not dress all outside of that, I and mean, who else? Yeah, dress all outside of that. I I just think there's a few of the swimmers there that um, will be better for the run, as they say in yeah. racing terms. And um, I I think Regan Smith and a few of the other stars are going to be firing in terms of. Um, mm. I know Kaylee knocked her off, but that's still going to be a battle that'll come down to a finish over there, and it can it can be minute sort of stuff. So it'll be close. I'm not saying we're not mm. going to be. You know, we've got um, mouth watering stuff for our trials because we had so many swimmers that weren't competing yeah. over there. You got Kate Campbell, Bronte trying to come back. Um, Emma Larkin. McKean wasn't at her. Emma McKean wasn't McKean, at her best. No, yeah. she wasn't at her best. Um, the upward trajectory, and we were talking to Rowan Taylor about that as well in terms of women sprinting here in Australia because you had one of our fastest over there was Shayna Jack who really yeah. only got to show her talents more so in the relays. She did obviously phenomenally in the uh, 50 and she got silver behind Showstrom. But outside of that, um, in, when she was in relays, she was one of the fastest in the relays. She didn't mm. even have an individual spot in that 100. Yeah. So mm. um, that trials is going to be some of the fastest swimming I think we would have seen domestically since those days as we spoke about where mm. uh, you had O'Neill and, and Patria Thomas fighting each other out all the way to the end. No, yeah, uh, absolutely. Libby, Libby Trickett, um, Jody Henry, Alice Mills. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I get excited thinking about it because I can oh, it's, a, it, it's an amazing team. I mean, look, we, we've had some wonderful teams and we've had some times where things haven't quite worked, but this is um, – and with the resurgence of our men too, like this is a, this is an amazing team. You know, with, with, with I mean, I love Sam Short. I mean, what a, what a prospect, you know, to, and, and his knowledge and understanding and appreciation of the history of the sport is another thing. I mean, he's, he's an absolute beauty. I mean, what wins the 400 like that and narrowly was t touched out in the eight. I mean, what, what might he do with the benefit of an extra 12 months and, you know, stubbly cook and, um, and numerous others uh, that we've got on both both the men's and the women's. Like we've got a we've got a, a Cole Chalmers. Of course, we've got a highly formidable team, and you know this this is hugely exciting. Really is. Sam, um, I, I did a, a little bit of work with Sam. Uh, he used to train at Albany Creek when I was up in Brisbane and coaching at Albany right. Creek. I was just the assistant. I just honestly got lucky that the head coach gave me the set for the Wednesday morning and basically the cars to the Ferrari, the keys to the Ferrari for the day, and um, away you go. And he was phenomenal in the way of uh, you know he would sort of even tell you his splits before you you could tell him. You could say, so what do you reckon that was? And he'd go, you know, 60, 61. He could tell you his rates fantastic. as well. He was mm. he was the feel for the water and all that sort of stuff. And um, 
I was very, very fortunate. Uh, I tell my swimmers now I taught him everything he knows, which is absolute <laughs> rubbish. I taught him, I taught him nothing, but um, I, yeah, he, he taught me way more than I um, did. I just stood there and, and gave him some times. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. And, uh, <clears> that, that race in the 200 breaststroke will be very interesting next year with um, Chin and, you know, Zach obviously still mm. swam pretty well himself, but you can't mm. beat a world record and Chin was firing. Mm. So that's going to be interesting itself. Do you enjoy, obviously you definitely enjoy it, but um, commentating Kyle Chalmers races, because I would imagine he'd be a commentator's dream in terms of the way he races it. You know, he's going to be coming back at the back end of it. So yeah. everything's building to that big crescendo. Uh, he's exciting to watch, isn't he? Mm. Absolutely, yeah, and you just know he's coming, so you can sort of you can sort of hold back until until a devastating finish uh, happens, and he's going to go to his last Olympics. So let's see if he can do it again. He's a you know the golden the golden boy of Australian men's sprinting. Uh, look, Molly's the same. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I you sort of mentioned Rab's getting lost in the call a little bit um, in Fukuoka. I did the same. I watched the. I didn't realise I was sort of. <laughs> I screamed out, come on, Molly, stretch out. I don't remember saying that for the world record. And I thought, oh, that actually worked in the end because I think everyone in Australia was saying the exact same thing. Like, she was um, – she's just heartstorming. Um, yeah. But, yeah, they're, they're both yeah, – they're the, they're the blockbuster swimmers, aren't they? That's what, that's what puts the bums on the seats and gets people gets people watching. So, um, yeah, look, it's just a, a great team and, and they have great chances to to bring gold home from, from Paris. Well, yeah, you mentioned Paris. Um, uh, do you have? Is there any word around what's happening for the commentary in Paris? Do you get to make the trip? Uh, I, I haven't been told anything official yet, so I, I can't give you any You've exclusives. Got, I'm sorry. Put your if you put your uh, your notice in, though, obviously, just to let them know yeah. you're keen. Yeah, well, if I if I if I, <laughs> if I set off on a, I might have to get a cruise ship over there to try and save money. Wasn't that what Rabs wanted to do? Because he doesn't like um, flying, didn't he? Oh, didn't he want to go? Did he want to go no. on a boat over? Because he hates probably, flying. Probably, probably, man. That's a whole new podcast, <laughs> Rabs. Rabs and transport. That's one of my favourite stories. Is listening to that helicopter story of, yes. um, of yeah. getting to the the Gold Coast. Oh man, stadium. You have to get Gus. You have to get Gus on to tell you that one. <laughs> I love listening to it. Um, you know, for my own fandom. Um, how much do you enjoy working with Gus on six tackles? Because, um, so for the listeners out there, it's a rugby league podcast, Phil Gould, phenomenal mind of, of NRL. But just in mm. general, just listening to him, um, he he always sounds um, very switched on mm. about anything. You, you quite often will throw him lots of different topics and I, I love the way he sort of grabs it and he, he'll make it sound like he, you know, he, he knows all about it. Um, yeah. How much no, do you enjoy he's a, I love it, love it. Look, I've been... I've been doing this with nine. For, there's Rosie the Cavoodle. We'll have to excuse her. <laughs> Rosie, um, I, I called my first game with Gus for nine, my first NRL game, uh, and I've been working with him ever since. And I can uh, – he is um, – I love working with him. I mean, he, um, he – you have to bring your best to work with him because, yep. you know, he's just such a brilliant mind. And um, Rosie, I'm trying to talk about Uncle Gus. <laughs> Um, Gus has Gus has been nominated for a commercial radio award as oh. uh, as uh, best host, best podcast host for Six Tackles with Gus. So go. he might he might win, might win a radio award, which I'm sure he wasn't. Uh, I'm sure he wasn't um, banking on. But oh, no, he wouldn't have even known he was put in for that, would he? 
No. No. He had no idea. <laughs> no, I didn't. I mean, we got news yesterday and he wrote back laughing emojis. So yeah. <laughs> I don't and um, I did a podcast called Stories of Origin, and it's been nominated for Best Podcast as well. So we'll yeah. be there together. So that'll be oh. fun. But um, yeah, he's great. Oh, I love I love working with him. I love that podcast. We've sort of reinvented it a bit over the last few years to try and get a bit more a bit more um, humor and levity and various things into it. And it seems to be working. It's the numbers have gone through the roof, and it's all it's all to listen to him. And you know, he's he's so brilliant the way he analyzes things and the way he can. Way he can twist things the way he wants them to be twisted, you know, with no sharper mind in Australian sport, I don't think. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. As I said, quite uh, as a swimming coach, quite often I'll listen to that podcast just to hear the stories about him getting teams together and how he would do things behind the scenes. And um, I, I know it's about rugby league, but a lot of the things that he uh, mentions on their threads through to what we do as swimming coaches or what other sporting teams would be doing as well so mm. uh, it definitely carries through sometimes i'm you know i find myself taking notes um mm. just from just from some of the stuff he says because it is it's yeah, good. spot on so yeah, uh, congratulations great. on on that uh, mate with those two things because thoroughly deserved I, I listen to it every week um I, mate i think i've got about all we've done I, I think we're good to go i think we've killed it i think we've had done a pb as they say in swimming, I think that's <laughs> very good. I think we've done a PB, mate. Um, uh, yeah, I def as I said, I wanted to get you on a hundred percent just to give you um, your flowers in terms of the phenomenal work you did through the world. I think Champs. Rosie's had enough of me talking too. Rosie's She's saying bananas. Rosie's Rosie doesn't like it when a car pulls up out the front of the house. This is what you get. <laughs> here you go. Come and say hello to everyone. Come here. <laughs> All right, well, listen, she's um, off. it's great to chat. And um, Are you right? <laughs> oh, I, there's a car alarm going. Oh, okay, that's what it is. That's what they say, don't work with kids or animals when it comes to when it comes to right. showbiz. Um, no, mate, as I said, I, I definitely wanted to get you on just to say congratulations on your work through um, the World Championships and beyond because obviously um, – as I said, I thought the excitement, the energy, everything sort of came through the screens. It was great to listen to. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Everyone I spoke to thoroughly enjoyed it as well. Uh, it's not an easy gig. You know, you're sort of backing up twice there. You took the NRL job after the greatest of all time and swimming-wise as well. I think a lot of people favour Rabs as the greatest swimming commentators of all time. And now you've got that hot seat as well. But I, I thought you did a great job and I wanted to make sure uh, the listeners of, of our podcast and the swimming community um, got to hear your story and hear from you as well. So, mate, thank you very much for coming on Off The Block Swimming Podcast. Thank you. All the best in the future with your NRL commentating, of course, the smash out. It's exciting with the finals coming up, but the swimming as well. Yep, thanks a lot. It's great to chat. Appreciate your kind words and exciting times in Australian swimming. Today's episode of the podcast is proudly brought to you by Arena Australia. Arena are the very best swimming brand in the business, whether you're after the best race suits, racing training goggles, training aids, or even team gear for your clubs. Arena Australia are the way to go. If you don't believe me, just look up on the blocks at the finals of most events at either nationals or international events, and you'll see the Arena logo front and centre on the fastest swimmers' race suits. They just are the best. 
Head over to arenaswimming.com.au right now for all the latest sales and discounts and let them know that Off The Block Swimming Podcast sent you. I just want to-